hi everyone this is uh elsie um i i make the 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 podcast um i I just wanted to, uh, ahead of this episode, just mention uh, a bit of a trigger warning. Um, you probably put it together from like the the title of the the show today. That it's it, there's going to be some discussion around consent and like non consensual encounters and stuff. So I I just wanted to mention that before the the girls um, that live in my head start talking. Um, so yeah, just if, if that is a trigger for you, maybe don't listen to the third section of the, the, the podcast today, but that's it, uh, from me. Uh, let's, let's get started. Sarah, come on. Like, no, no, like, I know. Here, I don't need this. Uh, no, no, like, let's come on. I mean, you guys, this is ridiculous. Sarah, yeah. we've been talking about this all week. You know what you said wasn't okay. We've been through this, like, oh my God, like a hundred times in what feels like every girl's bathroom on campus. I mean, come on, we agreed. Just, uh, come on, go ahead. No, like, like, I know, like, um... I'm sorry, Chloe, okay? I said something really ignorant last week on air and, and I really wish that I hadn't. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh thanks um for that. But um like just in case like people weren't I don't know, listening last week or there are people from like the north side listening now, why like was what you said not okay? Um, what you mean? Well, like you said, what you said was like ignorance just there. Uh, why, why was that? Um, all right. Um, because like not everybody from like Cabra is into drugs. <laughs> like, Jesus, Sarah, like as far as you know, no one in Cabra is into drugs. As far as you know, no one in the whole Dublin area is into drugs. What would you know? You come to college in town for a few months and suddenly you're an authority on how the whole place works. Like, Jesus, get a grip on yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm really sorry. Chloe, I, I, I was really wrong to say that. Okay. Okay, thanks. No, like, and, and I do, like, appreciate that I had, like, a big reaction. With an overreaction, you said. No, I'm not going to say an overreaction. You told me you thought with an overreaction. Shut up, you. <laughs> Shut up, you. That is legitimately <laughs> the worst Chloe impression to date. <laughs> oh God, okay, awesome. No, great. That That's class that we've gotten that sorted but um maybe maybe we should get started katie do you have music right oh yeah yeah yeah. let, let me sync this up katie that might be the most terrifying thing i've ever heard well that's just a lie it's kind of like you know like if the show was was actually like uh about like black mirror or something um, I don't know if that's meant as a compliment. I'm choosing to take it as one, though. Always a good show. Um, but maybe if we, uh, yeah, sure. Why don't we get into what the the episode's going to be about? Um, Sarah, you you good to go? Uh, oh yeah. Um, so 
last week we um we ran a little long i guess and um there was a point that um i think katie you you had brought up in in our kind of discussions about rachel's holiday off air um in semester one when we were doing this uh, just ourselves it was uh it was cleana actually um yeah yeah she brought it up at one of the first times i think not when we were talking about rachel's holiday but when we were talking about uh Last Chance Saloon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I sort of saw something that kind of linked in with the two. Um, Sarah, did you say we were going to talk about Last Chance Saloon, first of all? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a little mixed up, I guess. Um, so the, um, the the next book that we read um, together as a group after Rachel's Holiday was Last Chance Saloon. Um, so that uh, that was the, uh, the, yeah, it was published in 1999. Um, it was the first non-Walsh book that we all read together. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the next book that, that we, we had on the roster to, to discuss. But when we were talking about this last semester in our, our little book club, I guess, um, we well, Kleena, and I remember it was you, Kleena, um, came across uh, a parallel, well, not a parallel, kind of a link in with um, with Rachel's holiday that um, the rest of us didn't really, we, we certainly didn't pick up on at the time, um, and there's still some discussion uh, with with all of us anyway um, as to wh- whether or not we see it too. Um, but given that last week we discussed you know the the characters and plot and stuff of of Rachel's holiday um we thought that maybe the best place to start this week would be to to go through the same information for uh for last chance saloon and then we can uh, we can get on to uh, to clean his point in in a little bit later on in in the show how does that sound yeah yeah sounds good <laughs> thanks Sersha. um but uh Katie did did we have you down to do the um the blurb summary situation this week? Oh, uh right, yeah, yeah. Um Tara, Catherine and Fintan have been best friends since they were teenagers. Now in their early thirties, they've been living it up in London for ten years. But what do they have to show for a decade of hedonism? 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 Hedonism, right? Hedonism. Sure, <laughs> sure. Tara's got a boyfriend, but only because she's terrified of spending five minutes alone. Catherine, on the other hand, has a neatness fetish that won't let anyone too close to mess up her life. And Fintan? Well, he has everything. Until he learns that without your health, you've got nothing. All three are drinking in the last chance saloon, and they're about to discover that if you don't change your life, life has a way of changing you. All right, thanks, Katie. Um, So... We all um, disagreed a little bit about what we liked best about this one, if, if I remember right. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. So we have a couple of extracts. Um, Kleena, you said you enjoyed um, the, the conversation kind of about how Tara, Catherine and Fintan got to be such good friends, right? Yeah, yeah. Chloe, you liked that one too, didn't you? Yeah, considering her actual favourite part wasn't okay to be read out on the radio. The bit on the couch. Okay, listeners, uh, you'll have to locate a copy of Last Chance Saloon at your local bookseller to find the scene that we're talking about here because we cannot go any further without getting thrown off the air. Beginning of chapter 5858, that is what you are looking (laughs) for. (laughs) No, but like, not even messing or anything. Like, the best thing was the football match. What, really? What do you mean, what, really? 
of a Man United lunch bag. And don't you be looking at me like that, Katie. Okay, we'll need to like coach you up on the lingo and all if your Twitter follower bloke decides to make himself known. Here, I wouldn't even worry about that. It's it's just Twitter. Like, I mean, maybe he's doing research on how to tackle left-wing argument partner people. I don't know. Or like, maybe it's like a a Russian bot. Why would a Russian boss pose as a football fan? I really haven't thought this through. Yeah, you really haven't. But um, before, <laughs> sorry, that sounded really mean. But um, before we get into a full-blown tangent on on that, um, maybe if we get back to the book, um, like we were saying, uh, we all enjoyed the part of the book, or at least, well, no, I beg your pardon. So Kleena and Chloe really enjoyed, and I did as well, really enjoyed the part of the book that talks about the three main characters, Catherine, Tara, Finton, all meeting and getting to know each other in their teens. Um, Kleena, you good to uh, to take us through the excerpt on this one? Uh, yeah, 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 sure. Um, so, like we were saying earlier, the the three main characters, they're all friends living in London. Um, like, usually we'd read the first part of the first chapter. Um, but, like, this, yeah, this part was a flashback a little bit later on, showing how the uh, the, the three of them all became friends in Nakavai in, in County Clare. Um, county Clare is very important to give the, the county its, its full name, I, I find, personally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here, I'll, I'll get started anyway. Um, while Tara and Catherine had been best pals since their first week at school, Fintan was a relative newcomer to the friendship. They hadn't bonded until they were both 14 and he was 15. Of course, they knew him. It was a small town and you knew almost everything about your neighbours. Especially because Fintan had always been different from the other boys. His kindness to his mother, his dreadful hand-to-eye coordination and his lack of enthusiasm for pulling the legs off frogs were a testament to that. But it wasn't until 1981, 1981, Jesus, when he discovered the new romantics that Fintan's specialness got out of hand altogether. The new romantic phase had arrived in the rest of the civilised world some time previously, but Nakavai was in a different time zone, about six to nine months behind. Suddenly, he was parading the two streets of Nakavai draped in shiny yellow fabric. Even then, he was calling material fabric, a sure sign that a career in fashion awaited him. He wore a silk headband around his asymmetrical bob, purple lipstick and earrings that he'd made himself by stealing feathers from his brother's fishing kit and dyeing them red and blue. Seriously, that sounds amazing. Like, <laughs> Fintan O'Grady's had his ears pierced. The rumours spread from house to house like wildfire. There hadn't been so much excitement since the last time Delia Casey had done something mad. There was great disappointment when it turned out the earrings were only clip-ons. Despite that, Fintan continued to intrigue the townsfolk. Look at him, they muttered, from the dim, low-ceilinged interiors of bars, shops and a sub-post office. Strutting up and down like a peacock. And is that Jane Ann O'Grady's good tablecloth he's wearing? Jeremiah O'Grady must be twirling in his grave. In the normal course of events, Fintan could expect to be beaten to a pulp by the other young men of the town. Certainly there was a bitter hostility. A couple of corner boys were moved to shout, Are you maggot ya? at him, as he floated past in his saffron silkiness. One of them even went so far as to yell, You dirty blinder ya. But when Fintan replied, Oh, oh, lions, you weren't saying that last Sunday up behind Cronin's cowhouse. Are you, Michael Kenny? The crowd of lads abruptly ceased their accusations. Despite the flurry of panicky denial from Owen Lyons and Michael Kenny, I don't know what he's talking about, the lion blinder. Suspicion and fear of each other were cast into their midst. 
Sinton had a sharp and scathing tongue. He was tall and well-built. He had four older brothers who were also tall and well-built and very protective of him. All in all, the lads of the town nervously decided best to leave him be. Because he'd chosen the position of outsider or had a trust upon him, Sinton had no friends, which tore lumps of anxiety out of Tara. It's desperate, she told Catherine, as they watched Finton making his way up Main Street, assailed by Dagger's looks and an undercurrent of muttered insults. He must feel awful lonesome. And that's that's where we chose to cut it off here. That section goes on for a bit and we have another bit later that's different. But like basically Tara and Catherine are super happy to be friends with Finton despite the fact that he's different. Them noticing that he was like lonely and like creating this little family with him almost. Like just when when you're lonely like that and people want to like bring you into their relationship that's I, I just thought that that's like that's that's as kind of good as it gets when for people um yeah I I, I really like that yeah like Ireland back then is always shown as being like real backwards and it was just pretty cool to like have something set in that time frame showing like friendship bringing people together and like it doesn't matter who your background is what's going on with you you're all in it together like I know that like applies in any time frame or whatever but like in like a small town with someone who's different folks seeing that they're similar and like not caring what people might think and and being friends regardless I don't know it was just yeah yeah I I I thought that was very very cool too and the thing is like similar to like what we were saying to uh, Rachel's Holiday and, and Waterman the characters here they're all flawed too like Tara's when we get to them being in London you know Tara's in a relationship because she thinks she can't get by without one Catherine's unwilling to let anybody in Finton has his own issues you know he's he's gay at a time when it's not exactly super ordinary and and they all stick together anyway you know it's it's there's that that support regardless of each other's flaws that um yeah yeah and like even you get to see the struggles that they have because no one is perfect but their their friendship is is still really strong it's it's uh yeah it was it's it's pretty it's pretty big stuff oh it's so nice well said fam well said all right um but Sersha, you had uh, a different piece that spoke to you right oh yeah 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 um mine was uh about when Finton meets his boyfriend Sandro for the first time uh okay all right um so exciting the, the day uh stop the day Sandro moved into the flat across the hall Finton took one look at his small jaunty frame his elfin face his shaved head and round glasses and fell in love he was ripe for it for about a year he'd been complaining I'm tired of playing the field I'd like to settle down I want a significant other they knew from his mail that the new boy's name was Sandro Setti Chetti, Setti, I need to like brush up on Italian. Um, he was always smiley and friendly if he met any of them in the hall. So one morning, Tara brazenly questioned him and established that he was an architect originally from Rome. An Italian stallion, Finton said later. Hardly a stallion, Tara said. An Italian pony is more like it. And the name stuck. I just don't know if he's gay, Finton agonized. I'm not picking up any signals. But neither am I, Tara said. I'm not sure he's straight either. Maybe he's an alien, came Catherine's voice from the bathroom. He's going out, he's going out, Tara yelped. And Finton rushed to the window and discreetly watched Sandro 
walk buoyantly down the road, neat and dinky in his trendy little suit and shiny Doc Martens. Isn't he gorgeous? Finton sighed, as cute as all get out. As the weeks passed, everything Sandra said and did simply served to increase Finton's devotion. One night, there was a car crash outside their house and Sandra was full of dancing-eyed excitement by the front door the following morning. I was lying in my sleep and boom! He lifted both hands as if conducting an orchestra. I hear a big, big noise, so I run to my window and I see glass in all the places. Later, Finton repeated every word that Sandra had said. I see glass in all the places. How could anyone resist that? I was lying in my sleep. The boy's an angel, he sighed, lovesick. This is getting worse. Time went on and Finton continued with his high-octane life. Pubs, partying, clubbing, always with one eye out just in case Sandra showed up in any of the gay clubs. But he didn't and the vitality continued to drain out of Finton until he began to remark, life has lost its taste. The crunch came late one night when Finton was on his way home wearing his white Catherine Hamlet neo-bondage trousers. He hobbled off the night bus taking tiny little geisha girl steps on account of the fact that his legs were strapped together when he was set upon by a crowd of thugs overburdened with prejudice and too much free time. Finton tried his best to escape. Because he was unable to run, he began hopping frantically like a person in a sack race, all the while trying to undo the straps. But it was too late and he was beaten into unconsciousness. It had happened before, but never as badly. My goodness. After three days in hospital, he arrived home, and that was when Sandro came into the picture. He said he would call in on Finton when the girls were at work during the day. Finton looked like a train crash, but was so weepy and depressed after being attacked that he couldn't be bothered with vanity. Sandro made Finton tea and soup, and in order not to disturb his dislocated jaw, helped him drink them through a straw. Then, because Finton could barely see through his black, puffy eyes, Sandro offered to read to him. Yes, please. If you could pick a magazine from that pile there. Finton flailed his hand and Sandro tentatively made his approach, wondering what kind of magazines they were. They were travel brochures. Finton's depression lifted as he lay in delicious torment, within touching distance of the object of his desire who poured sweet words into his ear. A swim-up bar, landscaped gardens, air conditioning, tea and coffee facilities and a supervised play area. Half board, room only. But it's say there are three restaurants. The casual beachside grill, the child-friendly Harvey's and the more formal Cocon Grill. Not that I'll ever be able to go to any of these places, Finton murmured. But it's nice to dream. What's the average temperature this time of year? Sandra consulted the chart at the back of the brochure, then suddenly flung it on the floor. I am so angry with these peoples, these animals that do this to you, he said fiercely. Are you... are you really? Finton choked. I am angry that they do it to the gay man and I am angry that they do it to you. But what did he mean? Finton wondered. Was Sandra just a bleeding heart liberal? A straight bleeding heart liberal? There's a joke here about Katie, but I'm not going to make it. Go on. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, no. Sandra was as gay as the next man. Finton. Um, When pressed, it all came out and Sandra admitted that two years previously, his boyfriend had died of the virus. And I feel I can never again care for anyone. But I see you coming in and out of your flat. Sandra ducked his head in embarrassment. Not that it made any difference because Finton was still, to all intents and purposes, blind. And I think he's, he's good looking. And then you bring me my letters and the leaflet about pizzas and window cleaning. And I think you're very kind. 
Very gently, taking care not to dislocate Finton's jaw any further, they had their first kiss and Finton experienced such a surfeit of happiness that he thought his heart would split open, just like his lip had. From that day forth, Sandro and Finton were an item and it was a match made in heaven. Oh, it's just so gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? We're we're coming up to the end of this segment. So let's let's cut to an ad right now. And then Saoirse will be able to talk a little more about that, um, that piece when we come back. So uh, so stay tuned for more Chicklet for Life. Thanks to the overwhelming success of two tours one chain at College Enterprise Week, we are now offering regular service at two tours one chain down behind the Oscar Wilde building near the sports hall every Thursday from two till four. All this week and probably next week, we we haven't decided yet. Probably all this week. Come on down for your free tire check, just like they do at the normal garage for cars. Uh, the tires, we check your tires to see if there are any problems with them for free. If we find anything like you want something done with your tires or your chain on your bike, you'll you'll have to pay for that. The tire check is free. Is the is the thing, and then like then we'll do. We'll fix it, but you have to pay for that. Uh, yeah. To come on down to one, two tours, one chain. Our prices cannot be bet. Two tours, one chain. Jono, you'll be able to edit that, right? So that all that extra shit isn't in there. Why can't you do that? Guess Jono didn't get a handle on the whole editing situation then. Oh, don't be mean. Uh, yeah, Katie. Like, I mean, are you coming up with any business ideas of your own? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, well, I mean, like, what do you call this whole situation right here? Um, I would call this whole situation uh, all thanks to Chloe. Given that, you know, I was the one who decided that Saoirse needed, you know, books to help her out of. Actually, do you know what? I wonder, you know, like... We could say that it's Aidan's idea, really, you know? Are you saying we should, like, thank him or something? Do you know what? I think I am. I think I am. Thank you, Aidan. Thank you for, for your contribution to uh, to this whole um, endeavour that we are pursuing. Are you trying to figure out where to go next with this I'm not so much trying to like figure out where t- like it's more that like I was doubling down on what like Katie dared me to say not with clean it was Kleena who dared me to say it so I kind of kept on just saying the next word that kept coming into my head which is kind of what I'm doing do you ever right do like now. any online tests or anything to see if you're a narcissist. Here, do you just look up words before this show to like just throw them out there to confuse me? Is that what that is? What you call like narcissists? What? She's saying that like you love yourself. And? What's wrong with that? That's a really good point, Chloe. That's it, it's really, really super healthy to like have not a, like a narcissistic fixation on yourself or anything. But I don't know when like loving yourself became like a, a bad thing. Didn't like Selena Gomez release a song there about that. Jeez. 
love me some Selena Gomez. She's a very, very attractive young lady. Oh my God. And you know, when like she sings in Spanish, oh my God, I could just listen to her forever. Totally going to listen to some Selena Gomez now. Result. <laughs> Result. Here, don't be talking like that down to rugby club this weekend, Saoirse. They'll kick you out for that kind of language. <laughs> oh, ha, 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 ha. You're all very, very funny. I genuinely don't know how we go from a conversation about representation and and friendship and stuff to to just being really, really mean to each it's other. It's good-natured slagging. It brings the group closer together. <laughs> oh. Clea, do I look like a psychologist to you? Just, just appreciate that it happens we don't need to know why okay um but before before the break back remember back when we were talking about marion keys's last chance saloon remember remember that remember those days dear listeners um saoirse beautiful saoirse we we were talking a little bit about how uh finton meeting sandro in in last chance saloon was was your the thing that stuck with you from the book. Um, before we get on to kind of the second topic that we're going to talk about, which is the overlap with Rachel's holiday and all that stuff, what um, what what struck you in in the 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 sequence, I guess, with and and the, the area of the story around around Fenton and Sandra? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do remember that. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Um, so uh, I guess for me it was um, and and me and Katie have talked about this a good bit that. Um, uh, it was an opportunity for me to kind of call myself on my own, oh, like privilege, I guess. Like I, that, that word has become kind of meaningless with, with how much it's used at the moment. But like, I don't know, I think like with conditioning from, from when you're really young, I had just thought that like the default romance story was between a guy and a girl. And, and like a white guy and a girl. I mean, that's, that's, let's be real. That's, that's what, that's what uh, I've been brought up with anyway. And it just, when I was reading this and, and it was just so lovely and romantic and, and I, I just, it struck me that there's this whole area of, of, of love and romance that I'm just not considering as like part of what being in love is like love between um the two guys two girls and like all of the spectrum in between like and it's not not to say that it's different or or anything I, I guess I just there are those stories you know um and I'm not I'm not reading them and I should be yeah like those stories are getting written you know myself and Saoirse have have taken a look and like they they are out there you know but I I, I wonder how much the lack of demand due to like our conditioning like means that the the same norm stays at the, the at the forefront of everybody's minds i'm not i'm not saying that particularly yeah well. like i mean these like tv executives and movie executives producers publishers all the rest i mean they need to be like economically like viable and stuff right they need to make money to keep going so if it's not financially viable to to make um, or publish work that's that's about anything other than your standard you know template boy meets girl story what why else would they make them so like we we do have like the opportunity to 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 make that change ourselves by like supporting other stories um to, to the ones we always read you know like when pennies didn't have enough sizes and we all stopped buying jeans until they fixed it? Um, 
yeah, like, like actually, exactly like that, Chloe. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Penny's gene sizes are the key to hardcore left-wing ideologies. But like, no, seriously, like, isn't boycotting and like thinking about what you buy and all that kind of stuff, using your money to make a point, isn't that like a, a really powerful thing? Like, aren't Katie, aren't you boycotting that coffee shop because they won't stock paper straws? What's the big deal about the paper straws anyway? I mean, can you bring your wooden one with you everywhere? Anyway, why do they need to stock no paper straws? It's bamboo, isn't it, Katie? I... I, I where did you get it, actually? Because, I mean, I'd, I'd, it'd be, I'd love something like that. But, like, I was wondering, how, how do you, like, clean it, you know, if you're carrying it around and, like, using it and stuff? First of all, they give you a brush in the pack. Second of all, I got it in Catalyst in Bray. It's, like, a coffee shop, but they do, like, sustainable stuff. You should go. Um, and, Chloe, I swear to God, I will tape your eyelids open while you watch videos of dead whales being cut open. I swear to actual God, this is ridiculous. Actual gods? What does that mean when you're an atheist? Sarah, would you please just... Yeah, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, let's move on. Um, Kleena, let's, let's maybe uh, go back to, to Rachel's holiday and we can talk about the, the other things that are not um, religious or political in nature. Oh no, it's a little bit political. Oh no. Um, so yeah, uh, for, for our listeners, um, just so that you're aware, we're going to get into some, some sexual politics-y kind of stuff now. So just, just so that you know that that's coming. Yeah, Kleena. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, just when I thought I was out. Huh? What, you've never seen The Godfather or The Sopranos or anything? You watch some old ass TV, dude. It's a bit weird, Kleena. What, like, I, what? I just, you know, my dad likes it and I watch it with him, you know, it's, it's nice. But like, at the expense of Black Mirror. You st- Still haven't watched Black Mirror. You guys, we've got to we've got to keep this moving. Let's 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 leave doing the business with you know animals to 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 another another show, another series, another group of people. Oh, it was so horrible! Oh my god. But um, yeah, back to you, Kleena. Maybe if you if you take us through the 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 idea that 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 you uh, came across between these two books. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, maybe before we get into it in like load the detail, I mean, this isn't, you know, the main focus of either book at all, but it's like, it's part of the story and it's part of the story. Yeah, in, in, in both books, but like in, in different ways. Um, so I talked to Sarah about it. I sort of, because it's a bit, it's a bit ropey because um, we don't really agree on it, but we decided we'd go ahead with it anyway. Um, so yeah, Last Chance Saloon with Catherine, Tara, Finton living their lives in London, doing their thing. Catherine cold and aloof, Tara in a relationship, but she's not sure she likes him. And like Finton with lovely Sandro, but there is like drama type stuff waiting around the corner, all that kind of stuff. But like during the story as well, we're introduced to this guy from Catherine's past, Lorcan Larkin is his name. It's a hard name to say, um, but he's this tall, uh, kind of suave actor guy, but he like mistreats women for fun. So I think, Sarah, we, we have uh, an excerpt with, with him in it, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do indeed. Um, here, I can I can do this one. Um, I haven't done one yet, actually, thinking about that now. Um, but all you need to know is that Lorcan is at a party with his slightly losery uh, friend Benji um, and the, the party is happening at uh, one of Lorcan's lady friend's uh, houses. Um, during said party, Lorcan's been making eyes at um, his lady friend's, his name is Angeline, I think, um, her 16-year-old daughter, Kelly. Um, okay. Um, time to go, mate. 
Benjir minded Lorcan trying to keep the anxiety out of his voice. Lorcan had been due at his girlfriend Amy's birthday party several hours ago. Lorcan waved Benji away. Not just yet. But, Benji protested, get off my case, Lorcan bit. Benji was Lorcan's ex-flatmate and unofficial social secretary. He hung around with Lorcan in the hope that Lorcan's tremendous success with women would rub off on him. In the event of failing, he hoped to be on hand to help Lorcan's cast-offs, and they were legion, pick up the pieces, preferably in bed. Lorcan stood up, unfolding himself from the sofa with easy grace. His face gleaming, he made his way over to Kelly, who dropped her eyes coyly, but not before Benji had seen their spark of triumph. He couldn't hear what Lorcan said to Kelly, but he could guess. Lorcan had once, out of the goodness of his heart, shared some of his chat-up lines with him. Try murmuring very close to their ear, you're a terrible woman, tormenting me with those eyes of yours, he advised. Or, and you've got to say this one in a stammering, halting way, like you're dead nervous. Sorry to interrupt, I just had to tell you that you've got the most beautiful mouth I've ever seen. Sorry again to have bothered you, I'll go away now. That'll increase your success rate by 100%, he promised Benji. But 100% increase on nothing, still nothing. And the lines that were so successful for Lorcan earned Benji either blank stares or scornful laughter. And once, a belt across the face that gave him tinnitus in his right ear for three days. What am I doing wrong? Benji had demanded in despair when his hearing was back to normal. It might have helped if he wasn't five foot eight, tubby, with sandy thinning hair, but Lorcan didn't say that. He was enjoying playing benefactor. Okay, he grinned. Listen to the master. You find two girls, one a babe, the other not so hot. That's often the way. You go home in on the dog, right? You're all over her like a cheap suit and ignore the good looking one. The dog is delighted to be picked over her babe mate. The babe is pissed off at being ignored and tries to get you interested in her. You get your pick of the two. Benji was suffused with hope. Lorcan made it sound so reasonable. Got any other tips? Lorcan thought about it for a moment. Every woman likes one thing about herself, he said. Every woman has what she calls a best feature. All you have to do is find out what it is, and believe me, man, it's always obvious. Then compliment her on it. Benji nodded hopefully. Anything else I should know? Yeah, fat girls try harder. Seconds after Lorcan and Kelly disappeared, Angeline, an attractive woman who worried about the size of her stomach, rushed up to Benji. Where's Lorcan gone? She asked worriedly. And where's Kelly? Uh, I don't know. Benji stammered, but don't worry, I'm sure they've not gone far, he added, wondering why he bothered. Indeed, they weren't far. In Kelly's pink and fluffy bedroom, the view of the duvet almost obscured by the plethora of cuddly toys piled onto it. Kelly might look like a woman, but the rest of her hadn't caught up yet. Things with Lorcan were going way too fast. She'd wanted to kiss him so she could triumphantly say to her mother, you see, you pregnant looking old slapper, I told you I'm better looking than you. But when Lorcan began unbuttoning his jeans, it came as a big shock. Christ, girls, is that not a bit risque for the old radio? Oh, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit full on, all right. Well, you know, we, we, we took a look and this was, this was as, as kind of straight-laced as we could get to, to get the, the point across. But yeah, Kleena, what, what, what do you think? Let's, we, we start, uh, let's, let's start talking about this. Uh, um, well, like, like, it's, it's fairly, like, obvious like reading it that like Larkin has like an issue around around consent like every time we see him he's like either manipulating women into bed with him or like going further with them than they were comfortable with like like with Kelly just there oh my god he was so horrible it's I really hope there aren't people like that out there would she not have hit him a slap though 
with her mom outside though and a party going on like well like she's trying to get off with her mom's fella you know it's not great we are kind of only talking about her though I mean he's he's the creep right like exactly like guys need to know that like this type of behavior it's just not okay consent is absolutely necessary that is non-negotiable well, like, this is what was interesting. Kleena remembered a passage from Rachel's holiday that was also linked in with consent. And yeah, I think it kind of speaks to, to that point, uh, uh, Katie. So, uh, Kleena, you want to do the honours? Uh, are you are you sure? You know, you, you were you were really good with that other one before. No, 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 no. This topic totally came from you. You, you knock yourself out. Go for it. Uh... All right, um, yeah, here, um, okay, uh, take off your dress, Luke said softly. Badly startled, I flicked a lightning quick look at him to see if I was hearing things. We were standing in my kitchen, me at the sink, Luke leaning with his back against the open counter, his arms folded, allegedly about to have a cup of coffee. Instead, unless I was having audio hallucinations, he had just told me to take my dress off. I blurted, what did you say? And he gave me a low, lazy, sexy smile that scared me. You heard, he said. Luke Costello has just told me to take my dress off, I thought. Panic and outrage jostling for supremacy. The nerve of him. But what'll I do? The obvious thing was to just tell him to leave my apartment. But instead I croaked, but we haven't been introduced in an attempt to laugh my way out of it. He wasn't amused. Go on, he said in a tone that I found frighteningly compelling. Take it off. And what exactly <laughs> is wrong with that? <laughs> so, so this is the thing. Um, so there, we, when we talked about this before, there were a couple of different um, interpretations of, of of this uh, section across the group. Yeah, like I certainly didn't see anything untoward with it. I, I thought it just kind of got across the tension of like finding yourself alone with somebody that you like and that you know likes you. What? Like, you know, like after like a house party or something, like maybe there's someone there that you've been like catching eyes with all night and now most people have gone on home or they've like gone to different parts of the house and like you're in the kitchen you are in the kitchen I don't know why it always happens there and you're like getting I don't know a glass of water or something or like a packet of crisps because you're super super drunk and like suddenly you know you're not alone and like he walks up behind you or something and like you turn around and like it's not like you stop to check for permission or anything he's just like bending over you and you're nervous and excited and stuff and like the only thing to like do is like let him kiss you excuse me let him kiss you for christ's sake katie i was really enjoying that no like it's just it's just you know you're 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 there and 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 it's just exciting because you you both want to want to see what what happens next and you're kind of worried that if anybody says anything that that maybe you'll you'll come out of this kind of state of of like tension and and attraction and but like katie oh my god let her finish 
let's maybe let's um <laughs> let's leave some of the details from Sersha's future bestseller, um, which I'm very excited to read, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to one side there's there's a lot in it there, there's a lot in this and you know what again we're, we're kind of coming up to the end of the segment here and I don't want to get really into this um for us to to have to to stop in the middle so maybe if we if we take a break here and uh, we, we'll discuss this some more um when when we get back with the final part of uh, Chicklet for Life stay tuned this rag week Eight students will enter the college cuboid, but only one will emerge victorious. Our round-the-clock webcast will record the inmates' every word, every gesture, every sneaky can hidden in their suitcase. Or catch the drama live at the plexiglass wall of truth in the students' union. All you need to apply is your Instagram account name, a list of your exes, pet peeves, worst fears, and those things you can't live without. Apply today, and you could be the next queen of rag week the college cuboid apply now that genuinely sounds like hell on earth like i know oh my god like people can come to a window in the students union and like see you in the oh my god oh do you know like the way that boohoo.com and pretty little thing and all give like drops of clothes into like Love Island all the time like there won't be a version of that for this would there? I mean would that move you in the direction of applying? Like do you have a list of all of your deepest darkest fears like readily available? Could you like not say available there? I I had a bit of a speed wobble alright that's embarrassing, isn't it? That's embarrassing for you. It's not great. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, right. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's enough free play, I think, for now. Um, so if we go back to, uh, to what we were talking about before the break, um, we were discussing how um, there is a bit of a parallel or kind of a linkage between a scene in Rachel's Holiday and and some some scenes in Last Chance Saloon that are uh, based around kind of the idea of consent and what it means to give consent in in a in a, a sexual encounter, I guess. Um, so I, I guess what what do you guys think? I know when we've discussed this off air, we've had we've had some some differing opinions. Yeah, like for me. In the scene in Rachel's Holiday, anyway, compared to the one in Last Chance Saloon, I didn't really see any kind of issue with it. Like I was saying before the break, like it just kind of was a, a sexual tension-y kind of situation. You know, I didn't really, yeah, it, that didn't strike me when, when I read it um, myself anyway. Yeah, and I think like we were all in, in that camp, really, um, aside from you, Kleena, when, when we read it first, anyway. So maybe uh, if you kind of explain a little more what your, I guess, yeah, what, what, what kind of negative feelings or kind of connotations you picked up on in the, the scene in Rachel's Holiday that we read just before the, the, the break. Um, well, like... I just thought, like, he's sort of, like, he's telling her what to do, you know? 
But she seems to like it. Like, she doesn't tell him to leave or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, like, she says she can't do it. Like, she says she can't do it a few times in that scene, like, beyond where we where we read Ta uh, earlier on the show. I guess, like, your man Lorcan is, like clearly out to like control the girls he's with like it seems to like make him feel important or big or whatever but like Luke just wanted to like be with Rachel like that's that's the difference isn't it when like you care about the person yeah but like if Rachel was someone that you knew and she like came to you the next day all freaked out saying that she was like alone with this guy and he told her to take off her dress and she felt like she had to do it like and he seemed to really like her and everything and, and she likes him but it was a scary kind of situation like what would you say you know shit has the crown prince of hair metal taken a step down in the L Rankins there Katie now that's a really like interesting question though I know that's why I asked it come on Katie how many places has he fallen? No, stop. Like, no, cleanest question. Like, the whole scene, you know, like, we as readers, you know, like, we know, like, Rachel's on for what's happening. And we know how she, like, really feels about Luke and everything, even if she doesn't yet. But so, so as a result, like, the, the whole scene is, like, super sexy and everything. But, you know, it's, it's like someone, I guess a guy acting like that in that kind of situation is kind of taking this huge risk what do you mean well like Lena says you know she's right Luke isn't asking for any type of consent right there he's like asking or not even asking he's telling Rachel what to do and like that is what gives the scene that sexual tension like but the thing is he doesn't know for sure that Rachel's okay with it he doesn't know for sure that she's not like just standing there like frozen stiff and terrified that she's going to be attacked or something you know he he took that gamble like in this case it paid off you know she was into it and they end up having a a a relationship and you know they fall in love and everything but like if it turned out that in that situation that he was she was frozen stiff and she felt that she was coerced into, you know, taking her dress off for somebody. The only defense he'd have is like that he misread the situation. And and I don't know that that is a good enough excuse, you know? So is that fair? Like, hmm? What, 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 what do you mean? On the bloke, like, what are they supposed to do if they think a girl is into it? And it turns out like she wasn't ask what like after no no like before or during you know bit of a moo killer in it hey it's necessary all right but then by that logic luke did do something wrong then uh like the that particular like they had been together at like the party a few days before so like and Rachel had come on to him during that party and she was stoned and Luke didn't do anything because she was stoned but now he's telling her to oh god because like you can have relationships where people do get others to do what they don't want to do oh god this is really confusing so yeah like I mean that's I think that's what I mean like by the idea of it being like a a risk like it's just 
with the we were talking earlier about like conditioning and stuff and 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 the the way that folks are conditioned now means that guys feel the need well not feel the need but the, but the expectation societally is on guys to to go and and find a girl and like to take charge of those situations but if they do that if guys do that and take that gamble and don't establish that you know the, the, their partner is totally on for this then yeah there's there's a significant risk that the person that you're pursuing or that you're engaging with in this encounter that they aren't into it and you're forcing them to to do this you know you're you're coercing someone into possibly a sex act and i mean are are you that guy are you are you okay with with being that guy so like what's what's the answer then what's what's the right thing let's say i'm a bloke yeah and i want to like go out and find a girlfriend find someone to connect with but like because i'm you know i'm lonely i'm lonely in my heart you know but i uh, yeah and i want to you know uh, make sure that like it's a it's a sexy situation and you know whoever i'm dealing with is you know enjoying themselves but I also don't want to find out afterwards that the person I was there with was like frozen in fear because they thought that I was going to like, I don't know, beat them up if they said no. How do how do I as, you know, a bloke, what's my name? What's my name? Karmic something? Can't think of a better name. No, that's that's real bad. I can't think of anything. But yeah, well, what am I karmic? Uh, supposed, supposed to deal about that. Uh, first of all, it's a pleasure to meet you. Karma. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet you too, Kleena. Now, could you please explain this to me since you started this whole conversation? Oh no, like I just, I, I really didn't know whether like to bring this off. Like Sarah, I mean Sarah, kind of we're talking about it, and she said like it'd be a good idea because it's, it's you know it's topical and important and all that stuff. But like, I don't, I don't know. Because, like, we all enjoyed that scene in Rachel's Holiday. Like, there's no there's no denying that. But, like, I just thought that it just, if you were an outsider or someone told you about that situation, karmic, that you would look like the bad guy. And I don't think that that's something that we think about in, like, a practical way too often ahead of time it's it's always after and then people are pointing fingers and stuff nobody thinks about like what would you do differently to make sure that it doesn't happen to you like and the thing is like like i get that it's becoming less easy for guys but like i mean they've had the easiest time ever up until now i mean it's about time they did a bit of second guessing like i mean do do you guys know how many times, like, any of us, like, say the five of us sitting here, you know, how many times have you guys sent a photo of a taxi driver's license to a friend on your way home, you know, to make sure that he doesn't, like, drive you to the mountains and, you know, kill and bury you? 
and do something awful with your corpse. We're not going to, sorry, sorry, Sarah. We <laughs> really, really want to get us thrown off the air. But like, no, seriously, like how many times like have you done like Wolverine keys walking to your door at night? Like how many times have you wanted to wear your earphones after dark? You know, because I mean, in December, it gets dark at like four o'clock. What's what, like, seriously, blokes can kind of like deal with with this getting more complicated because like girls have been handling the whole responsibility for this thing for like way too long for me because i i do think we should i I think what you raise cormac is is an excellent point like you're very pretty for for a man as pretty as them bts lads that sarah likes chloe seriously no i i'm really not okay with you just throwing bts out as like a flip comment on the air. Are you embarrassed, Sarah? No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm just not a BTS fan, okay? BTS fans have like, I'll explain it to you later, but BTS fans have, they have a lot of power, okay? If there are any armies listening, um, I'm going to make sure that Chloe is fully briefed on the amount of work you guys do, on the the importance of BTS in the current um, K-pop climate. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of all of that, oh please, okay? I, I just, we're not, we're not trying to get retweets or, or anything with this all right I'm, I'm i'm really really sorry i have never seen fear like that in your eyes before dude you like seriously the, the bts army can do anything seriously like like anything no like dude they they were like bts were on like james corden's show there recently and just because james corden is like super nice to them the army fan base they like decided to donate money to like a charity that James Corden's into they raised like nearly like 10 grand it's it's terrifying what they can do when when they get together so I'm not okay with us just throwing out the band's name when like they've got that kind of manpower behind them or lady power I'm sorry Katie that like it's 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 I'm not an army I don't put loads of work into liking BTS I just dig a couple of their songs don't be so flip about it, Chloe. It's not okay. You know an awful lot about this to not be a fan, Sarah. Are you not listening to me say that you need to put in a lot more work to consider yourself an actual fan? I am a casual observer at best. I cannot call myself a fan. They will end me if I do. Jesus, all right. They are very pretty, though, the boys in that band. Sarah, have you ever, like, I'll show you some pictures. They're very, very pretty. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Um... Sersha, you had a question, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, oh yeah, what was what was I saying? BTS, pretty. Oh wow. Oh my goodness, he is very pretty. Is that is that highlighter? How do they get their skin like that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sarah. We'll talk about it later. Um, wow. Okay. Oh, is that it? So they dance. That's very precise. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. So, BTS, pretty. Cormac, Chloe was pretty. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is actually quite serious. Yeah. So, like, uh, back to your, your point, Chloe, that, that you were kind of talking about. If you were, if you were a guy, what, what would, what should you do? And, like, I do get that, like, in films and stories and stuff, guys, you know, take, control and all that stuff and 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 our macho and and manly and all that kind of thing but like again if it were me if I were a guy if I was Sean 
the um who you know is just as pretty as Annie. Well, maybe not as pretty as that one. What's his name? Sidetracked. I'll look it up and post it online later. Um, the, the 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 fact is, if it were me, I would give up some of that. Yeah, uh, tension. I guess to check. You know, I I I I don't know that I'm comfortable with that level of risk other people might be you know uh but i mean they can't really i don't know that they can really plead ignorance if if it doesn't work out i think you 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 take that risk on board you know you drive too fast sure you you make up time and maybe you're a really good driver and things work out for you really well all the time but i mean if you don't see someone stepping off the curb because you're driving too fast and you 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 injure them or you kill them even I mean that that is on you. You you increase the risk of that happening by driving like that. And if you don't check in with to really over-explain this, if you if you, I'm sorry, Katie, I know this really annoys you. <laughs> but yeah, if you're gonna act in that way, you're you're kind of accepting the risk that that something will go wrong and and, and the person that you're engaging with is afraid of you. In, in that instance and you won't find out because you didn't you didn't ask yeah and you know like I think that is the difference between Rachel's Holiday and, and Last Chance Saloon like like in Last Chance Saloon if Larkin had like checked with that girl Kelly if she was okay with what was happening she probably would have started crying you know but like in Rachel's Holiday like if Luke had asked Rachel if she was okay with what was happening, she still probably would have jumped him. You know, it's uh, I, I, I do think that's the difference. You know, if if you check in, I don't think it has to kill the mood. It's and like Sarita was saying, it's I think the benefits outweigh the risks. You know, and I think it is changing. Like folks, the, like the hosier is really big on on that stuff. He's always talking about consent and wait a minute when were you in Bray what you said you got your straw in Bray how's yours from Bray are you just like hanging around hoping that you just see him like just walking down the street because I don't think he does that he's too tall what does being tall have to do with anything you have not answered my question eclectic music society went down there somebody had a gig in like some bar down there it was go crack we went on, we did that walk thing to Greystones. It was good. Why do you care? Because, I don't know. I wanted to know. Bray's real far away. It's a half an hour on the dirt, dude. That's, that's still too far away. Right. Oh my God. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I suppose it makes sense that we would have a, a little bit of an all over the place episode today because none of not that none of us want to talk about this whole consent thing it's it's just it's it's weird and itchy and and yeah we we don't like it very much i really hope they don't like we don't get loads of like hit after this dude like it's that was a once-off earlier in the year like this it's not gonna happen again and like seriously clean like for doing this like again that's that's huge uh right yeah um but we um we actually we didn't have a chance last week um I'm just I'm aware of the time and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to finish up soon um we didn't get the time last week to 
talk too much about um, the uh, the things that we uh, we want you to look out for in in Rachel's holiday and uh, and last chance saloon. Well, last chance saloon we didn't bring up last week. Oh my goodness, all over the place. Um, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, again, going back to our original theme of you know can can Marion Keys cure heartbreak? Um, what do you guys think? Last chance saloon? Yay? Nay? What me? Oh God, I yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was a great read, you know, and 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 really, um, really exciting. And like I say, I I'm I'm super excited to uh to like expand what I read, um, because like I was saying earlier, I keep I keep um my 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 reading around romance, kind of really vanilla heterosexual nonsense i i should or i I really need to 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 expand that a little bit but there's something about last chance saloon um whether it's the catherine story or the the tara story and how that turns out or you know what we're talking about today just the fact that it's it's it seems to be the first of the books that we read that kind of got us thinking about our own like agency as as girls as as women um in in society i guess um and it's it's pretty empowering i think scary too um and and kind of it's so easy to just feel like you have to be or as a woman yeah you have to be on the receiving end of of like romance or or love or 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 violence you know but like it's the kind of conversations that we've been having it's what's scary about it is putting ourselves on an equal footing with men it means that we have to make decisions too and have conversations that are tough too and and take those disagreements and not just be kind of soft and is quiet and wearing a really really nice dress and have makeup that's nearly as nice as that guy's um it's really distracting they're very distracting i'm gonna turn off my phone um but yeah that that that's that's something that that's empowering but 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 kind of scary at the same time i'm gonna i'm gonna need to have a sit with that yeah like i've got a bit of a kind of a itchy not nice feeling about like the conversation today like it's like i agree i think now um, like asking just makes too much sense like from a practical standpoint like you were saying but I don't know it's yeah the whole us taking responsibility as well it's I don't know you could just there's I don't like it that there's no like absolute right way to act you know like you know the way you're in school and there are rules to follow you know it's, it's just a bit shit the life in like that out here seems like that's just the way it's gonna be i know that that's like pretty obvious but <laughs> still shit right yeah i i i struggle with that i think it's just oh it will be just so much easier but yeah it kind of makes me want to like not leave the house sometimes but ah no 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 i'm grand like it's just yeah but no it's 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 a great book it's a lovely book it's it's i sort of wish i hadn't brought the room down hey oh, no, dude no, no way no, no, no like no, this no. is this is like important stuff and and it's it's pretty cool like we do need to like look at the nuance stuff it's it sucks that like i find i'm finding it really hard like the whole i really want a hard line on this stuff and it's not there's too many gray areas and yeah, those conversations 
that tend to be arguments where like you've got a side and the person you're talking to has a side and you kind of don't meet in the middle that's um it's kind of again like that's that's kind of easier similar to what you were saying Saoirse like it's just easier to be on one side of an argument and be like no I'm right as opposed to like having a conversation like this where we kind of trade and end up somewhere else it's uh and like it's based on like not real interactions because these are fictional books but like yeah we we interacted with two separate stories and felt differently about them and yeah it's just it's just gray and I kind of wish it wasn't I just wish everything was easier but uh yeah, sexy books. Very sexy books. Excellent work, Katie. And and the thing is that the the, con- the consent conversation um, should continue. I mean, we'll probably bring it back in um, at later at later shows, provided we're we're allowed to do them. <laughs> but uh, to to finish up for today, uh, maybe if we if we take a look at the the sort of Easter egg things that we want folks to look out for in in both um, Rachel's Holiday and Last Chance Saloon. So um, I can I can go first, I guess. Um, in Rachel's Holiday, I'd be on for folks to keep an eye out for a ripped trouser pocket. Um, and then in Last Chance Saloon, um, a blue D&G d- jacket that uh, I couldn't pronounce, first of all, um, but that also sounds like the nicest thing ever. Oh, my God. I'm very, very, very jealous. Uh, me? OK. Um, let me see. In Rachel's Holiday. Oh, yeah. A copy of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, and then in Last Chance Saloon. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, a pair of tap shoes, maybe for tap dancing. You and I had for those. Oh, with the tap shoes. Um, let me see. In Rachel's holiday, I think uh, an inflatable chair. Remember those, the plastic ones? Yeah, one of those. And then in Last Chance Saloon, oh, a yogurt lid. I know that yogurt lid. I lived by that yogurt lid there for a while. Oh, Thursday, that's so sad. <laughs> oh no. It's. Uh, let me see. Okay. Um. In Rachel's Holiday, um, let's see, a bottle of Jack Daniels. Uh, getting a little bit meta with that one because, I mean, is the bottle of Jack Daniels actually there or not? So keep an eye out for that. And then in um, Last Chance Saloon, uh, a free neon pink lipstick. That's the thing to keep an eye out for. It's not, it's 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 a character in the book gets it for free. You, you don't get it for free. We don't have free stuff with the books we i don't think we have the reach to do that yet yes that's correct we, we do not oh and then me uh, okay um so in rachel's holiday um a cabri fuse that is something to keep an eye out for i i had to ask my mom about this apparently it was real nice and she really misses them and uh, i looked it up on wikipedia and they were trying to reboot it there a while ago so you know fight for the uh the cause people keep uh Keep those signatures going on to that petition. Um, and then in Last Chance Saloon, um, oh yeah, what, what sounds like the most amazing fry-up in the world at the cafe. So yeah, do you think, is it too late to get a fry-up now? In the canteen, dude, that thing is rank. Oh yeah, with the congealed beans. Ugh, don't do it to yourself, Chloe. Yeah, I suppose I just have to get chicken fillet roll. It is the national food, like. Okay. That's that's enough. 
that's enough. Um, thank you, everyone who's who's stayed with us through through this melange. I think I think it truly is a melange um, of, of topics that we covered today. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks again for joining us on Chicklet for Life. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. Um, and uh, yeah, Kino and the business are next. This week on Dedoy, Denise has her hands full with the fallout from the monster's ball. Alright, I don't know how things are done here in Ireland, but it's not okay where I'm from to show up to anything wearing blackface. But how was I supposed to show up dressed as Alicia Keys without dark makeup. I'm way too pale not to. Like, are we not going to talk about the fact that like that other caller sounded like she was like from Scotland but also Belfast? What was that supposed to be? But like, for real, does no one know about the historical significance of blackface and the fact that it's a disgusting thing that needs to be stamped out? No, really? No one? Am I the only sane person calling into this show? So do I just throw out my Beyonce costume now? Because I'm not allowed to wear it. You can't dress up as Beyonce. There's only one Beyonce. Why do people keep dressing up as my queen? And that went on for way longer than we thought it would. You gotta tune in. We only kept the best bits. Dedoy this Thursday.